Worship teams have the privilege of helping the church praise, sing, and worship God. We're leading the way, and it's a servant role. However, worship ministry is about using our gifts and excellence. We want to do our best. From the leadership side of things, we want to take what we've been given um, to work and improve upon it. So, what can be improved? Today, we're going to talk about that. And I'm here with Ava Andrews and Tim Price, and we're going to share some areas that can be improved in your ministry. So glad you're here today, uh, Ava and Tim. So how's it going? Going well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're up to <laughs> as our... As far as I know. Uh, uh, so far? Well, that's good. So um, Tim informed me that w- this is our 18th episode. It doesn't seem like it. No, we haven't really been keeping track that well. Maybe we should start, but it is our 18th episode. Yeah. Well, I think it, I, I also don't like mentally think about it because either A, like we do a couple at a time or like I'm just not here for some of them. So, yeah. yeah. So, Ava, it's good to be on a podcast with you. Yeah. Um, but before we get started, let's have some fun questions. All right. So we have two of them. And the first one is this. What would you rather do? You have wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house. What would you rather do of those four things? It's definitely not wash the dishes. Yeah. Okay. I do not like seeing breadcrumbs floating around in sinks of water. That's hilarious. That grosses me out. Pancakes, biscuits. I'd, I'd rather do all the other three all year than do the dishes once with a pancake floating around in a cup of water. Wow. <laughs> Suzanne, like one on that. If she does the dishes, you'll do the rest. Well, I do mow the lawn and a lot of times I do vacuum. Yeah. But I think she does the other two. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'd rather wash, wash the dishes. Yeah. Well, I hate cleaning the bathroom and I don't know how to mow a lawn. I've never, never done that before. And I hope I don't have to. Uh, (laughs) And uh, vacuuming isn't bad as long as the vacuum isn't too big because I'm kind of small. So, all right. (laughs) Well, that that's real. (laughs) What's yours, Clint? Mine is definitely mow the lawn. There's something about the smell of gasoline and fresh (laughs) cut grass. That just really takes me to like a better place in in the world, man. Ava, I'm so glad. We're gonna have to mute Ava <laughs> when she laughs. Ava is like a giggle box this morning. Yeah. So um. So you the worst is mow the grass? No, that's my favorite. Oh. Okay. Oh, I love mowing the grass. Oh. Oh yeah. So Ava, you can come over to our house and wash our dishes, and then I'll cut your grass. That's pretty funny. I don't have grass. I live in an apartment. So. So just come over and wash our dishes, though. I mean. Okay. <laughs> Tina would love it. Okay. Anyway, so well that's awesome. The second question is is have you ever had a nickname? And what is it? Uh well at work my nickname is Ave Dog. Ave Dog? Yep. I don't nice. know how that started, but Nice. It's kinda weird. I like it. Well my full name is Timothy, so my nickname I guess would be Tim. <laughs> I have had that a long time. <laughs> But um, nobody ever really called me Timmy except for like two family members. Timmy? And that's usually the nickname of Timothy or you know, yeah. Tim. But my grandpa used to call me Tim Bones, and I don't know how that got started. Tim Bones. It didn't really stick. A couple people still say that now and then. Yeah. But the weirdest one is like Ava's. Was it Fire Up one year? This guy named Kevin said, I'm going to give you a nickname. And so he basically announced to the whole Fire Up crowd that he wanted everybody to start calling me T-Dog. Like our rapper name, and it didn't. It didn't really stick. It didn't stick. And even as he was leaving, he was giving me a high five that weekend, saying "T Dog," and it never, never took. But 
one day I was in Southern Illinois and I pulled into a shell station. And as soon as I walked in, I hear T dog. And he was working there. No <laughs> way. That's awesome. <laughs> so I have felt the sense of people calling me that, but only one guy. <laughs> so if he's listening today, thank you. Well, that's awesome. You have a nickname, Clint? I, I've had nicknames and I'd probably say the weirdest one. It's not weird. Well, to me, it's weird. Um, is I had a coach who would call me CB. That's my initials because, um, like I played hockey growing up and he would just call people by their last names. And for whatever reason, he couldn't say Benish. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why or how, but he couldn't say it. So he, he goes like second practice. The second time I've ever really met this guy, he's like, I'm going to call you CB from here on out. Cause I can't say your last name. And I was like, all right. But it was, it's, that's, uh, and then everybody on the team called me that even after he was gone as a coach years later, I had people who I was still on a team with that would call me CB. And there's one guy still to this day. And that's been, I graduated in 03. So figure that out. Um, and he'll, he'll like randomly call me and be like, Hey CB, what's up? So, uh, that's definitely a nickname then. Yeah. It's definitely a nickname that has stuck for weird reasons. So that's cool. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get um, on to improvements in worship ministry. So first, what does it mean to improve something? Well, I think basically improving is to make something better. And I, I learned that from, I mean, it's obvious, but I also hear it a lot from Andy Stanley and North Point Church. And so they always talk about their six values they have. And... um and one of their values as a staff is to always try to make things better, hmm. whatever they're serving in. That's just like one of their general principles is whatever you're doing, wherever you're serving, try to make things better. So there's sometimes when something's really broken down and you're like, totally, you have to fix it. Otherwise it's not going to happen. Like that's happened to us before we've been in a spot where if we didn't ask somebody to do something, it wasn't going to happen at all. And then, um, and th- those, those are tough times. Sometimes they produce a lot of fruit, but it's kind of like all hands on deck to fix the issue. And also in those times, it seems like it's even hard to improve because you're just trying to survive. So the best time really to improve something is, um, on a consistent basis when things are pretty much working, like you're building on success and then you're able to do something to make whatever you're doing better. Hmm. So that's what it kind of means to me to improve. Well, I think improvement is also like you have to take risks to improve, especially like, in worship, like, because the congregation can sometimes get a little confused and a little bit weary if you do something that they don't really like. And I don't know. Weary. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what other word to use. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's true. Yeah. they, you know, they come up and they're like, eh, I don't know about this and that. And I don't know. We're just trying to do something different. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, so today's podcast is about improving your worship ministry, and I believe uh, wholeheartedly uh, that any worship leader, well, actually any ministry leader, you can kind of blanket that, can look around uh, the area that they serve in and probably see like hundreds, if not a thousand things that they could probably change, tweak, fix, upgrade, whatever. Um, But what's really crazy about it is if you kind of look at it all, like instead of like a forest view, you look at each individual tree, it can become really overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can like get all tangled up, just messing with that. And part of that is it really takes like a culture of 
always improving to get everybody comfortable with always improving. Hmm. And some people really do live by, if it's not broke, don't mess with it. Like they really wait for things to be totally trashed before they try to take it up a notch. Oh man. And maybe that's not with the worst administrator of church life. Maybe it's with cars or something like that, but that's still, <laughs> still terrible. I mean, like you, it's better to take some, some time and there are different levels of improvement. So you don't have to be overwhelmed with like trying to improve something. If, if you can either do, you can always do something, even if it's small, like send a thank you note to somebody. Hmm. If you haven't done that in a long time, that's an improvement on your connection with people. Or sometimes when we do rehearsals for special events, I'll always grab chocolate and stick it on each station or each music stand. And that is simple, partly because our office is loaded with a little tub of chocolate and you can just grab it and do that. And, um, but it's also just a little improvement. Everybody walks in and they're like, Ooh, 7 p.m. It's chocolate. And they just, <laughs> they just have it. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it might be, um, you know, that's like no expense, but the other expense might be improving something that requires a budget request or whatever. Mm. And that's like a whole different level. But yeah, you try to do too much and it's easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah. So whenever you're talking about the car thing, like instantly my mind just like stopped listening. And it took me to a time when I was younger watching The Simpsons, which is like a horrible show or whatever. Uh, but I remind, it reminded me like Homer, he works at a nuclear power plant and he is like at a control station and there's a blinking light that says warning. And he put a, a sign over it that would cover it up. And then basically what happens is like the power plant like blows up or whatever. But when you talk about a car, like ignoring everything until it implodes, that's where my mind went. <laughs> but yeah, so that's true. Yep. Crazy stories of watching TV. But Ava, what have you seen um, around here improve lately or even since you've kind of been here for the last couple of years uh, helping lead worship? Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think the main thing that I've noticed is we have improved our sound system enough that like we don't have problems like every week and every Sunday. We don't like delay practice a whole bunch and we're not like, are we going to hear? Are we not going to hear? Are we going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think we've really whittled down our rehearsal time, which is kind of nice. We're not doing, you know, 30 minutes of someone can't hear because something's wrong with the patching or whatever. We've really, or I mean, not we, I haven't done anything, but... <laughs> You stood but, up there yeah. and said, I can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're talking mainly about like our in-ear monitor system. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So before we get into this list of ideas and places where you can improve your worship ministry, let's take a few moments to hear from our sponsor. Hey, this is Ava from Harvest Ministry, and we'd love to invite you to help support the ministry in this one simple way. Harvest is an Amazon Smile recipient, and with a click of a button, your purchase on Amazon can send a small percentage to Harvest. It's a win-win. We think it's a cool way to support Harvest Ministry, so thanks for your part. Visit harvestministryteams.com slash Amazon to get the link. Again, that's harvestministryteams.com slash Amazon. And we're back. And here are some areas that might spark your thoughts about improving. Uh, Pick something from this list and work on it today or for a couple weeks, and then choose a couple more to begin working on. Yeah, and and one thought as you were saying that is um, it might be somewhat motivating to tell your people what you're planning to improve. And um, in fact, you might even take this list that we're going to go through part of in a minute and talk with some leaders, get their input. But 
I also want to caution not to just fire off an email after listening to a podcast and say, hey, guys, we're going to improve this, 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 and this. Because it's a lot better to build a culture of actually doing it and letting people notice it as opposed to saying you're going to do something. And even if you do follow through at that point, now it's already an expectation. And um, if you don't follow through, it's even worse. So it's best to just get involved in these on your own maybe with a couple key leaders and get the ball rolling and let people begin to like fall into place with it. So that's just one little thought before we get the list going. That's awesome. Well, I see that we have a list of 11 things here and we're just going to talk about a few of them and just talk a little bit about them and see where it leads us. But I think instead of hitting all 11, I think each of us should like pick one or two and we'll kind of go around a table and talk about these different areas. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, Tim, why don't don't you go first, and then we'll go counterclockwise so I go last. One area, and mainly because I'm probably thinking about right now, is recruitment. So Mm. in July of 2020, in the middle of pandemic uh, mental strain and and other stuff going on as well, but for sure it's a mental thing for everybody, and we haven't even met in the church building with a whole group for, you know, months. And so um, we're going to have to do some pretty – heavy recruiting over the next two or three months. One of our regular folks who have been serving and get them up to speed and back in the groove of coming and serving on tech ministry and, you know, hospital, all, all the different areas. And, um, and then uh, number two, um, just the, the opportunity at this point to start a new system of recruiting. So yeah. we've kind of been bare bones for four months and now we're like almost a set, set reset mm-hmm. because nobody that hasn't been here is used to, being a part of it anymore hardly i mean it's like a whole new habit is formed so um there's always room for recruitment improvement that's hard to say yeah uh recruitment improvement but um we uh and and i would love just to you know hear if anybody else has thoughts about this but some of the ways you would improve that uh, if i was giving myself advice would be to document it so that people know how they get involved and what they're going to be doing when they get involved and that they have an idea of how, uh, what they're committing to like mm-hmm. a timeline and the church is notorious for just sticking somebody in a spot and then waiting until they either quit or they burn out or, you know, something else goes wrong. It's like we, we just rarely uh, are intentional enough to say, Hey, it's been a year. Thanks for your ministry. Are you still up for this? Is it still fun? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just continually checking in and having like those, those points. So that's one area of improvement that I've got to work on. That's awesome. Yeah. You're talking about like an onboard process basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's pulling people in and, and that's good. Let them know what they're going to be doing. <laughs> that's good. Well, Ava, what is uh something that you see here that, that you want to talk about for a second? Um, I guess I'll talk about the, the first one on the list, the music. All right. The music. So, I mean, there's obviously a plethora of songs that you could add to your list Um, but of course you need to think about like what songs are going to go with the sermon and like what songs are going to go with the feel and like what what kind of people you have in your congregation and what people you have in your team and all that kind of stuff, how much time you have, et cetera. And that's kind of a lot to think about on a Sunday. I know I have trouble with that, um, picking songs. I don't know. It's just hard. I don't know why it's hard, (laughs) but, um, I know like a lot of churches, I mean, I don't know if a lot of churches, I guess, but I'm sure a lot of churches have like standards that they do all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to reach out and find some new ones, but like not 
too crazy that don't make sense on a Sunday, like nice congregational songs, but also you want to try new things. And if your congregation isn't comfortable with it, then they, that's okay. They can be. It's new. I don't know. And they grow into it. Yeah, they grow yeah. into it. So, so it's cool. So how often do you guys think is a, is a good pace to introduce new songs to the congregation? Like once a month, once every couple months, uh, once every week? Like how often is it, you know, when do you want to introduce mm-hmm. new songs? I think like maybe in the middle there, like once every two weeks. I don't know. Maybe not like regularly, mm-hmm. but you don't want to do it like two new songs in one week because that's kind of a lot to handle. Yeah. Unless they're like on the radio a lot, maybe. But yeah. But it's also the process of like doing it for a week and then a week later doing it again. Then yeah. a couple mm-hmm. weeks later doing it again. Yeah. And then people start growing in it. And then a song. Yeah. <laughs> you could do it again and over and over. <laughs> yeah. But I also, my brother always says that some worship songs are like, or some worship songs are like quail and other worship songs are like manna and they get old really quick and the quails stay and they're more meaty and those are usually hymn type songs or anything that a congregation is singing that really it becomes their song they can do that for quite a while but some other songs and we i can't we don't want to name off songs make people feel bad but there are some songs that you sing for like a year and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's over just yeah, tanks definitely. and it's gone and it's like manna like it spoils yeah and i think that's pretty interesting to think about i think that's more and i mean i could totally be wrong with this, this is purely my opinion but i think that's more now like it's more a modern thing than it used to be um of like songs we just kind of run through them quicker now i mean i think that's kind of how like we have been um ingrained in learning like top 40 hits you know like the top 40 hits change every single week and that's kind of how we are with worship songs i mean like um i i don't want to name songs because or whatever but like i can think in the last two years there's been a big song and then that one kind of fades and there's a new big song and that one fades new big song. And it's crazy. Cause like for us as people who like lead worship, we see those songs a lot. And I think that's why we get burnt out of them. Uh, but a congregation only sees it like once every like two months or so. And they don't yeah. really get burned out on them. Yeah, they just barely learned it sometimes. Y- yeah. <laughs> Unless it, like you said, it is on the radio. Like yeah. if songs are everywhere, mm-hmm. then it's, it's harder to, have. yeah. But like if a church group wrote a song and they sang that, it wouldn't be out there. Yeah. Unless your church happens to be the church that writes a song that's on the radio, but it would be yeah. a song that they wouldn't be familiar with. And that probably could go a lot longer, but yeah. And one of the things I was thinking about improving music is not just a new song, but new ways of doing songs. So mm-hmm. every right. once in a while we will pull out bells and I don't know why we have bells back there, but we do. And we'll have somebody play bells on a song. Now, just to clarify, when you say bells, do you mean like the hand bells and you have a whole table of them no, or like, like xylophone the xylophone? Okay. With a microphone. I just wanted to clarify <laughs> so people knew, like, we're not like down there with like drums and electric guitar and someone with hand bells. Clong, that would be too clong. bad. <laughs> but those little bells, it's always weird. People like, you can almost just see people sit up straight when they hear bells playing. And it's like they're wondering. Wow, it's that frequency well, it cutting happened. through. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. We mm. could have done that and lifted up on Sunday, but. Yeah, we could have. We didn't have time. That's okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Ava, do you know bells? Can you play bells? I mean, yeah. Nice. It's kind of the same as a piano, just, just more hammery. More hammery. At least she had a word for it. I thought that she is. Say, it's more ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm going to move this on and I'm going to go for the low hanging fruit with the system of planning. Now, if you've been with us for a little while, um, you know that one of our first uh, podcasts that we did was all about advanced planning. Um, and basically, um, I'm not going to rehash all that. I'm just going to kind of do in a nutshell is advanced planning uh, would be things like, you know, getting um, your sermon series from the pastor, seeing what music works and then getting the music out to your uh, worship team, if that's, you know, by using like Planning Center online or how whatever system you use to get that music to them, make sure it's in the right key, the chords are all in there, and even like uploading um, a video of the song so that way they know um, kind of how it goes, the flow, and even like if you upload a YouTube video of the version that you want the team to do, that's also a big help because um, I know there's been times um, at where we are, where we all serve, um, and even at churches where I was before now, where everyone would show up and they all listen to different versions, and then we all try to play those versions as one, and it just kind of is is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, it's, and and that is an area to really, I mean, just to crack down on yourself to actually get the version that you want everybody to listen to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just that one little improvement alone. Yeah, if you're dealing with planning center, just to have the actual song in there that you're trying to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as we move on, Tim, what's your second one of this list of 11? Um, I would say, uh, well, another one that is pretty easy to to pull together if you want to improve something for this Sunday is the worship flow. Mm. And I don't have to go in again a long time on this, but and I don't know if we've done a podcast on this, but we should. The ideas of inserting something or rehearsing your transitions is something that you can pull together this week. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people just rehearse the four or five songs and don't really talk about what's coming up next or what's coming up before, or even the transition. We've always bumped into this, the transition around communion Sundays, whenever you're trying to figure out when the band goes and when the band takes communion and when they're going to, you know, just all the little, just the, even getting on the stage transition, Mm -hmm. just that little bit can help in, in flow. And, um, and other, you know, other ways to improve the flow of worship is just, um, for one, knowing what you're doing and being intentional with it, writing it in. That's a huge improvement. If you just write, you know, the order out so everybody knows. And, um, and then just the idea of, um, inserting, begin to insert creative components, somebody else reading scripture or, you know, two or three people reading scripture. We've done that before various people or, um, a video of some sort. There's, there's all kinds of ways mm-hmm. to, to help the worship service flow together. And even in song selection, that's a big part of it. Um, having two songs in the same key uh, helps keep things moving as you go from one to the next. If you get too many songs in the same key, everybody gets really tired quickly. you got to change keys somewhere along the way. But um, a couple of them work pretty well. So that's just one example. All right. Ava, number two. Okay. Um, well, I guess we could talk about rehearsals um i mean so i was thinking about this this week um because i'm leading the outside service on sunday but like the songs that we're doing out there are just like ones that we do all the time Mm -hmm. so i was just like i mean we can just practice sunday morning because like we all know the songs and it's just just, like four of us we'll probably be fine but like there are obviously weeks where we can't do that i don't know but sometimes, like, I mean, I don't know. I work it in the evenings, so I can't always be at rehearsal, and it's kind of tough. So I guess you just have to decide, like, if you 
need to have rehearsal and if it's going to help you in it normally it always will help you obviously rehearsals are great if you don't have rehearsals then you're probably just gonna fall apart you won't die but i was gonna say die <laughs> <laughs> but you but you have if yeah. you don't rehearse in midweek you have to rehearse on sunday yeah mm-hmm. and then so you have way, to get up earlier in the morning and yeah. just yeah but anyway rehearsals are great but yeah i mean i don't know what you think about the if you know the songs like we do like the songs we're doing are umt standards so i don't know yep. yeah i'm always an advocate for like even if it even if i know the songs i'm always an advocate for like the midweek rehearsal yeah um because and this is like a clint thing not like anybody else but i just want to make sure that like we're all on the same page and then if we're not on the same page that extra time to kind of like work on things to be on the same page right but yeah. if it's like um I'm trying to think of a song like Lord, I Lord, I lift your name on high, right? That's an oldie, but a goodie kind of a song. Mm-hmm. We could probably just go down right now and hammer that out. and It'd be great. You know what I mean? But we don't really do those kind of songs. Do we? I don't know. It's been so long now. I may have to practice that one. You're right. <laughs> we were, we were going to do it. And then I don't know why we didn't do it. We stuck that into the song we wrote. It was like 19 minute song with every song of the era. Oh yeah. And we called it every song, every song. That was really neat. Yeah. That's always fun to do. But here's another thought is that sometimes, like the outdoor service that Ava's leading this week, that is really low key. Mm-hmm. Like you just go out there, there's no projection, there's no inner monitors, there's mm-hmm. no tracks, there's nothing. Right. You just pull out the microphone and start singing. Mm-hmm. Right. You can really, I mean, and I, I never want to get to a point in life where if I didn't go through something, I can't take my guitar and sing, you know, mm-hmm. for my family or at a nursing home or a group of people. I mean, it's just, you, you don't want to get to a point where you're, you're stuck. On the other hand, there's so many moving parts to Sunday morning worship. You mm-hmm. have all these people that really want to do their best. And so somebody's created a video, somebody's doing a reading, somebody's doing this, somebody's doing that, somebody's putting the words on the screen, somebody's doing the live streaming. And at some point, it's kind of like you're all holding each other accountable to bring your best and actually have it ready. In some ways, it, it's a it's a testament to the power of the Holy Spirit that all these different components come together on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. That's just mm-hmm. unbelievable, really. Yeah. So most of the time, they come together. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, that's an important one. Um, and for my second one, for the last one we're going to talk about today, I am going to pick. Oh man, there's so many different good ones. I'm going to pick the worship space. Um, it's kind of interesting because you know I don't really think about that often. Um, I don't think about the worship space that often, but um, there's been some great improvements that we have done in this. So I remember when I first started here, we were all using like music stands and paper music and stuff like that. And it was, if you looked at the stage area, it was really cluttered. And then over time we've, we've gotten rid of, um, the music stands and the paper music and we use all iPads now. And now we've even gotten to a point where we're able to use like a confidence monitor projected on the back screen. So it really even like cleans up the front row by having less stuff there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, and I don't know if this is like me discovering things about myself, but like just having clutter is really just kind of like in my view when I'm trying to like worship, even if I'm on the stage, it's kind of distracting. Um, so that's definitely one area is like of the worship space. Also no stage ferns. I don't know why <laughs> stage ferns, you know what I'm talking about. There's awesome videos of, of stage ferns and doing things. So, but yeah, I think that's uh that's great. Um, 
for worship space. Lighting is huge. I mean, you can get a lot of things like lighting, um, how you project stuff, what's on the back, how your lyrics are projected on there. I mean, even like, you know, chairs versus pews, you know, all this kind of other different stuff. And that's really like based on the context of your situation. Yeah. And, and also some of those, I mean, that's a, lot of, that's a good list, but some of those things a worship leader on their own can't even answer. Yeah. Because that, it requires a team of people and the whole change of philosophy. And I mean, there's a million yeah. different, you get into great big worship space stuff. Sometimes you got to work with what you're given. Yeah. But clutter that could be fixed by anybody. Yeah. So, so, well, we've talked through most of this list, uh, but don't be over overwhelmed with this. Right. Um, you know, you have job security. If you think about, okay, I got all this stuff to hammer out. I, you know, I'm going to keep improving things. Um, if you want to read all 11 of these, you can go to the worshipleadertoolbox.com and find it on our blog. Uh, but one question I actually want to ask as we were kind of going through, through these kind of popped in my mind. Um, personally, what's more important? Uh, like when, it, when you're improving things, do you mentally think about improving, like fine-tuning what you excel at? Or are you, do you kind of mentally think about improving what needs the most improvement, like the bigger bang? What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you could go both ways. Yeah. Like every other question in the world, but it seems like if you're going to, the question, what can your church be the best in the world at? Yeah. And so maybe your worship ministry is totally set on production and excellence in all these areas. And, uh, not that every worship minister shouldn't try to be excellent, but, um, some context production stuff is overkill and ridiculous Yeah, and other places you're really reaching people. So if you can really improve those things, a couple other things might not be quite so up to par, but it's like the momentum of the big things carries you. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other side was, do you work on the stuff that is the hardest or whatever, like Mm -hmm. not in your skill set. And somebody else may have a thought here, but one, one thing I've uh, noticed over the years is that sometimes the best, the the thing that you're gifted with gets left behind Mm -hmm. because you have to work so hard to do all the things you're not gifted with. Then all of a sudden at the very last minute, you know that you can throw together a good worship set or you can sing a good song or you can write out a good whatever. And um, as a result, you wind up sacrificing what you're gifted at, trying to keep track of all these things that are taking up all your time. Mm. And in some ways, to answer your question, it's better to really go strong what you're gifted in Mm -hmm. and let some of that carry or surround yourself with a team and then begin to get this other stuff done. Here's one mental shift that's helped me is that um, I want to improve things so that I can leave it to somebody else. And not that I'm planning on going anywhere anytime soon, unless the Lord changes everything. But um, when I when I am trying to fix things up or get systems in better places or improve whatever we're working on, I always kind of have this motivation that I'm not going to be here forever. And I wouldn't want to leave a mess like for the next worship leader who's going to come and be a part of this. So that's one of my... That's one of my little mental goals on a regular basis. That's a good place to be is a good Mm -hmm. handoff. Well, Ava, any final thoughts? No, I'm just thankful to be part of a ministry that um, keeps growing and improving and, you know, works together and yeah. All right. Tim? I would say just take one and add a bite-sized chunk to your life this week and see where you get 
and don't try to do them all at once. <laughs> you don't try to do them all at once, that's for sure. You listen to the podcast, <laughs> it's a lot better to do one thing than not do 11. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, like I said, if you want to visit that list, check out worshipleaderstoolbox.com and you'll see the blog post on that with the full list I work on. Um, it's important kingdom work and worthy of our calling as we serve Jesus and the church. Uh, but pace yourself um, and move forward with a mission to do the very best with what God has given you and who God has given you to do your work with. We strive for excellence so uh, we can remove any barriers or hindrances uh, to people being able to worship freely and connect with God um, on Sunday mornings or whenever we meet to worship. Thank you for listening to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. If you would like to support this podcast, there is a support link in the show notes below. Also, we would love to have you click subscribe and give us a five-star rating so more people can discover us. Don't forget to join the Worship Leader Toolbox Facebook page for connection and community. If you have any questions, please contact us or leave us a message at worshipleadertoolbox.com slash podcast.